Job 42 verse 5. Don't be scared. Why is pastor starting from Job? <laughs> in the morning, earlier in the morning before service, we started looking at the teaching beyond superstition. Many of us whose opinion of God is formed from superstitious beliefs. Things that people told you. Things you heard. Or even things that you yourself imagined. Job 42 verse 5. Job says, I have heard of thee by the hearing of the ear, but now my eyes see thee. Now we looked at that earlier on. The word Shema, S-H-E-M-A from Shama which means to hear a report, a rumor. People are talking something, and then you listen to it, and then you begin to act upon it. And then we look at Job 1.5, where based on that, Job was having vigils. You can assume that because someone is having vigils. Ah! He doesn't know God. It may actually be because he doesn't know God. That's why he's doing so many things, so many things, running from church to church. Programs, seeing prophets and prophetesses and prophetesses. No, we have three of them like that. Going around, you know, ah, that person, ah. But really it's out of fear. So he was offering sacrifices continually, assuming that maybe his children are saved. In chapter 1, again, I think that was 27, he said, The Lord giveth, the Lord taketh. All those things he was saying. They were from rumors. He never knew God. He was a self-righteous fellow who was all about what you had to do or what you didn't do. That was Job. So now he admits after several chapters I've heard of thee. <laughs> now my eyes see the second word is the word Ra. R-A-A-H. Now my eyes see you. Now Ra is direct revelation. Whereas Shema is third party information. You heard it from people about someone. You never knew the person. I, for example, I don't act upon what people tell me about someone. I think it's not fair. I, I like to know by myself. I make my judgment. So I don't make your enemy my enemy. I don't partner in enmity. <laughs> and that's your job, that's your problem. <laughs> I don't have, you don't have to be my enemy because you're someone's enemy. So Job, 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 for many years of his life, he didn't know God. Yet he was attending church, going for camp meetings, conventions, carrying oil, mantles, it wasn't the things he heard about God. So, in other words, he, he, he must have passed those things to his own children. You know, and many of us, we grew up like that. We heard about God from someone, said to someone, and then it formed our own opinion about God. So, in the first service, we said that Jesus is God explained to us. John 1.18 no one had seen God at any time. Only the only begotten of God, which is in the bosom of the Father. We said the word bosom is from the word corpus, which means at the heart of the Father. He has declared him. 
We looked at the word exegomai. He has declared it means he explains God. So Jesus is not an added revelation in the Bible. He is the revelation. Is that very clear? Is that very clear? It is not one of the many things you need to know. No, he is the message itself. And we said earlier, whatever is not in Christ is not where? In God. So I asked the question, when I said that in the first service, everybody said, yeah, yeah, yeah. Till I said, did they slap God? Everybody went quiet. Did he slap Jesus? He slapped God. And he didn't do anything. You know. He slapped his face. Right? He did. Hey, yes, I know, but as a man, it's the same thing we are saying. <laughs> Hallelujah. And he showed to us the very character of God. So, people were pursuing God ignorantly. Look at John 4. The fact that you have been a Christian for 30 years or 40 years makes no difference. I've met people who have been born again. Uh, I met someone, okay, I, no, not I met someone. I, I found out someone who had been born again since 1959 and spoke in tongues for the first time last year. 1959 is quite a while, right? Right? Or Wednesday. We had someone who had been in ministry since 1978. He got filled with the Holy Ghost on Wednesday. And he got filled with the Holy Ghost by someone who was not born when he was born again. <laughs> he was waiting. He probably had different opinions and impressions about God. But he got filled. So you can be a Christian many years and you have a lot of experiences. It doesn't make you experiences of God. For example, if you had called Job as a Christian, say, Senior Christian Job, come and share your experience with me. Yeah, of God has healed me. That whatever he says he will do. <laughs> How can you call God? One, you can't ask questions. You can't question. Unquestionable, you are the Lord. Those are not good attributes. Jesus was not unquestioning. He explained the Father. So Jesus, why did you say, ah! 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 So what's happening? I want to manifest my power. You dare ask me. Every question that he was asked, he answered. Even sometimes they were trying to mock him. So God is not unquestionable. He's actually questioning. Those are the superstitions that we have received. Hallelujah. Things we've heard that are not true. If it's not in Christ, it's not in God. Are you there? Now look at something important. Look at look at um, we're going to look at two places together. But then John four, I said John four, right? Uh, permit me to skip John four now. Coming back there, let's go to Hebrews ten. The most amazing superstition of God, the most amazing of them, will be found in the law. Now. Hebrews 10, for example, you know, for many years they built a temple. 
And every time they were building that temple, they were building that temple out of ignorance. God never asked anyone to build a temple for him. But they kept building it. And God never asked them to build one. So the moment Jesus came on the scene, he said, destroy this temple. After three days, I'll build it with this. They got crazy. What? Who? Who? was when he rose from the dead that even his own disciples knew he was referring to his body. Now imagine, his own disciples did not understand what he was saying. How do you expect Moses to understand? <laughs> they thought he was talking about he will remove the roof, take away the window. Yet he was talking about his body. And today, the body of Christ. Hallelujah. John's Gospel chapter 2 verse 19. So look at Hebrews 10. Are you in church? Verse 1. For the law having a shadow of good things to come. Remember the word shadow means what? Scare. Darkness. Good things to come. And not the very image of those things can never with those sacrifices which they offered year by year continually make the commas down to profit. How many times? Year by year. That means they used to do what you're about to call a jodun. People would gather <laughs> ignorantly. So they were going to the temple. See, every year, every year, they'll bring blood. Put it there. Hey, child. Look at him. For then, verse 2, would they not have ceased to be offered? Because that the worshippers once touched should have had no more consciousness of sin. But in those sacrifices, it's a remembrance made again every year of sins. Hallelujah. For it is not possible. No, it is not possible. That can't be God then. Hallelujah. That can't be God. If something is not possible, then it can't be God. It is not possible that the blood of bulls and of goats should take away sins. Wherefore, verse 5, when he cometh into this world, Hallelujah, he saith, Sacrifice and offerings thou would not, but a body thou hast prepared me. Oh, Sacrifice and offering, I didn't want. Look at how many years they were doing it. In, let's take verse 6 together. In burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin, thou hast no pleasure. Hey, oh. He's quoting Micah 6, verse 6 and 7. Um, Psalm 40, verse 6. See, I didn't ask for it. You did what? I never asked for it. Why would God ask for offering when he's not the one putting man in the bondage of sin? Whereas God was telling man he was going to offer the sacrifice of sins on man's behalf. And then they were that distortion in knowledge made them give the offering of physical blood to God and made him responsible for the bondage. Whereas he was the one taking care of the sin. Year by year. <laughs> Follow these guys. Verse 7. Then said, I lo, I come in the volume of the book. It is written of me to do thy will, O God. So wait. What was not his will? Bringing such. What is his will? He will offer it himself. See the difference. In bond offerings, I don't want this. 
But I come to do thy will, O God. And before when he said, sacrifice an offering, and one offering, an offering for sin, thou would not. Neither had pleasure therein, which are offered by the law. Let's take verse 9 together. Then said he, Lo, I come to do thy will, O God. He takes away the first, that he might establish the second. By the which will we are sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus once and for all. We'll come back to this shortly. But the point is, look at how many years they were doing this. How many years? How many years? Hebrews 9. He says, Verily the first covenant also had ordinance of divine service and a worldly sanctuary. A tabernacle made the first. Those things look nice. You have to put candle, you put light. You now draw something. They built a nice place. Tabernacle, which is called, verse 3, the holiest of all. That means they built somewhere called what? The holiest of all. God is there. God is there. Devil was going year by year. Putting blood. In that worldly sanctuary. Pay attention. Look at verse 7. Into the second went the high priest alone once every year, not without blood, which he offered for himself and for the elders of the people. Let's take verse 8 together. The Holy Ghost is signifying that the way into the holiest of all was not yet made manifest. While at the first tabernacle was yet standing, that while they obediently said, look, there's no holiest of all here. And they were doing it. So, because something has been done for years, doesn't mean it's the will of God. This is Israel, man. Year by year, offering sacrifices, high priests, praying. Yet, that wasn't the will of God. Jesus explains God. Tell me, Jesus explains God. John 14. We're coming back here. Praise the Lord. Someone said, he said, I don't understand you. So are you saying now that only Jesus, Jesus, we should be believing? Did you say it or you were joking? No. Christ is the explanation of God. Hallelujah. He corrects every misconception. Because there were misconceptions. John's gospel, right? No, no. I said, show me the word. John 14. All right. John 14, 6. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Three things are one and the same. Huh? The way, the truth, the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Hallelujah. What do you mean comes to the Father? You can't see God outside of me. He explained himself. In verse 9. Let's take verse 9 together. Have I been so long with you? John 14. And thou hast not known me. Philip, let's finish the part. Let's go. He that has seen me has seen the Father. How does he say you are true of the Father? If you have seen me, you have seen who? You have seen the Father. In verse 20, he said, In that day you will know that I am in my Father. And you are in me. And I am in you. So the revelation of the church is to see God in Christ. To see God in Christ. Hallelujah. In John 17 verse 3. Let's take it together. John 17 verse 3. 
Let's go. And this is life eternal. That they might know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. So eternal life means to know God in Christ. Look at 1 John 5.20. Glory to God. Are you there? Let's take it together. Let's go. And we know. Everybody, let's go. And we know that the Son of God is come. And give us an understanding that we might know him that is true. And we are in him that is true. Even his son Jesus Christ. This is the true God. That's the truth about God. In his son. So, every misconception in the Old Testament. Sodom and Gomorrah. The flood. Every misconception. The battle of I. All those things, every misconception will be corrected in who? In Christ. Every misconception. Because the characters of the Old Testament, pay attention, they were not God's personal revelation. They were four parties. That's why what is most reliable in their ministry was the promises they gave about Christ. So you correct the impression. Just like Jesus corrected Moses and he corrected Elijah. Hallelujah. John 5.19 Glory to his name. Verily, verily, I say unto you, the Son can do nothing of himself, but what he sees the Father do. For whatsoever things he doeth, this also doeth the Son likewise. So, Jesus is the Father manifest. Jesus is the Father manifest. So, we have him in clarity. Like I said in the first service, God became a man so there will be no confusion again. Whatever is not found in Christ, is not in God. If you miss Christ, what did I say? You miss God. The moment you miss Christ, you miss God. And all the prophets ensured that they prophesied about him. So that you will not blame them. If you miss Christ, you miss God. So, you will find in the Bible, in the Old Testament, mass distortions about God. And you'll find the clarification in Christ. That's why they call it a book of progressive revelation. It's not contradictions. It's just that the truth in there is progressively revealed. If you're not careful, you'll pick in those distortions and it become your own superstition. You have no reason to see God as mysterious. Now that you have a Bible that explains everything to you. You have no reason. Praise the Lord. Look at Colossians 2. There is sufficient evidence in the Holy Scriptures that Jesus is God. Sufficient evidence. The claims of Jesus being God, it overwhelms Revelation to re- book, uh, sorry, Genesis to Revelation. So if, you, if the claims are true, then you have no business thinking you have a double image of God. There's a singular fact about God is found in Christ. Colossians 2. 
In verse 9. Praise the Lord. <laughs> See what he says here. For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead. Now let me explain the word Godhead for you. Um, it's not good uh, English. Godhead is not Godhead. It just means divinity. Alright? Divinity. The divine. Deity. That's all it means. It's not stratas of God. The first person, second person, third person. That's from, from impression somewhere. Godhead simply means divinity. Now, in him dwelleth the fullness, the word is pleroma, complete, of God or divinity. Bodily. Look at the word bodily. The word bodily there is an adverb used by Luke in Luke 3.22. It's the word somaticus. S-O-M-A-T-I-K-O-S. It means personally. You know, I can send someone to you and then if I, I'm still the one who sent the person. And then you will say, I'll say, please help me tell him to bring the car keys. So you go to him. You say, he said you should bring the car keys. Yes, I spoke, but I spoke through someone. But if I come myself, and I say, can I have the car keys? That is somaticus. I have come myself. So, the word in him dwelleth the fullness of the Godhead or divinity personally. As opposed to a messenger. So this is, that means that whatever he hasn't said, has not been said. Whatever he hasn't done, has not been done by him. That is, God is personal in Christ. In him dwelleth the fullness of the Godhead. It's an adjective, like I said. It means something that you can, you can hold on to. Bodily, somatical. You see the adjective in first First um, Timothy chapter 4 and verse 8. Personal. So in other words, Christ is God explaining God. Does it make sense? Huh? Does it make sense now? God explaining who? God. No thought plan. You will see how he handled things. So he will correct Job. He will correct Job. In natural disasters. In Mark 4. The wind was blowing. And then there was storm. She just said, How great I am. How great we are. The Bible says, He calmed the storm. He said, Peace be still. That means the storm was not his work. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, you have to say, Hey, God. God. What's God doing now? It's not what God was doing. God calmed the storm. When people were sick, it is a mm, mm. Do you know why you are sick? I don't know. There's an implication of an application of an intuition. He just laid hands. There is no explanation from God when someone is sick apart from be healed. Long story. Um, actually, let's check why does this sickness occur frequently? There must be a spiritual implication. You have superstition overwhelming your mind. 
People that did not like Jesus touched his clothes and they were healed. You now see a believer. You are now doing a series on why he is sick. Let me show you the Hebrew word of why you are sick. You need to be an Hebrew yourself. No. Jesus plainly healed the sick. Luke 10, 19. I give you authority over serpents and scorpions and over all what? The power of the enemy. So in the Old Testament, there was no clarity like that. That this sickness and disease was the power of the enemy. They just put everything as God. But thank God for Jesus. I said, thank God for Jesus. There's light. Hallelujah. There's light. You know, light exposes darkness. Light exposes darkness. Years ago, I did a series. That was in 1997, 98. I think we did it again in 2005 or so. We call it um, um, dissecting, I call it then dissecting diabolic deceiver. What do we call it? Or, no. What every believer must know about the devil. Okay, the first teaching was dissecting the diabolic deceiver. Call it DDD. <laughs> that was in 1996. To, ex- to expose the devil. Because in the Old Testament, he was hidden in their ignorance. But thank God for light. Where there's light, darkness is exposed. Are you still there? I said, are you still there? So natural disasters. Say, Hurricane Ima. Hurricane John. Say, there's a judgment. I saw someone on both Christian television. Say, there's a judgment. America, hear me. God is judging you. I said, so you have a lot of money. To waste saying this nonsense. God is judging. And in some, in some places where that judgment came, they evacuated people from God's judgment. And they were able to take care of but there were places where they rebuilt the places after God's judgment. Praise the Lord. Why do those things happen? Go get our series, The Law in Genesis. They are well explained. The Law in Genesis. Are you there? I said, are you there? In John 9, a guy was born blind. And as usual, we have the, the funny question. Why? Who sinned? They asked Jesus. Who sinned that this man was born blind? Who sinned? What manner of sin would the person have sinned? That someone was now born blind. You! Are you blind? Don't you sin? Why are you not blind? Doesn't make sense. Jesus said, No one but that the works of God may be made manifest, I must walk the works of him that sent me. Inventional scholars. In fact, in the Bible school we taught last week, many of the students know this. I said, what is the opposite of Bible interpretation? They say, innovation. <laughs> Those who innovate will say, no one sin, but that the works of God be made manifest. That is, it was made blind. That the works of God be made manifest. How does that sound? does it sound? Anyway. Even naturally, you are not a doctor because you put sickness on people so that you can cure it. 
I'm a doctor. Yes. Not you became sick so that I will be a doctor. Fine. You became sick, I'm a doctor, I cure you. Not that I put the sickness on you so that you will come to me and I'll be a doctor. You get the point. I must walk the walks of him that sent me. He didn't become sick because I became a doctor. No. I became a doctor because you were sick. You understand my point? You see, a mechanic say, ah, you have to call me. I spoiled the car so that you can call me. Does it make any sense? No. He is there so that when the car gets spoiled, he can repair it. Those that he was made blind so that the works, that is, so that God will show himself strong. He made him blind for. So you will know that I am Jehovah. There's no lie. Say, God purpose. Let no one help you. You didn't get that admission. You didn't get that job. You didn't have children. That you will look at him. And you want to keep serving that person? Why would you look at somebody that has done that to you? You will serve him. Say, don't do more. <laughs> don't let me be following you. <laughs> that was Job's mindset. So, he was going to church out of fear. Bam! He misses the church service. He says, ah! That means my Monday will be bad. My Monday. He says, wow! You are serving God out of fear. Go to church. When they are praising God, you are closing your eyes. Why are you closing your eyes? Oh, Bena, keeping God. Because your group is in light. <laughs> so much about it. God is found in Christ. Hallelujah. He calmed the storms. He multiplied five loaves and two fish. Praise God. He took care of people's needs when they had none. All his parables. Let me just add this. This makes, makes sense to me. Put this there. I'm probably going to explain this much later, but just add this to what you're writing. All the parables of Jesus lets us know there was more that was happening on earth because of man's activities. All his parables. Jesus always thought that people became wealthy or otherwise by man's activities. That was in his parable. It was very clear. Jesus never thought God as being responsible for many things on earth. Go check the things he said. He held man responsible for man's actions. Never forget that. So we must rest on his revelation. We must rest on the truth that he taught. Now go back to John 4. So Job lived by assumptions, right? Huh? But there but many lives were already destroyed. Much damage had been done. I'll tell him some pastors over the week. I said, the thing about error in ministry is this. Not only you will bear the consequence. Other people will. Just like going into marriage wrongly. You are not going to be the only one that will be responsible for it. There will be many, even many innocent people. 
Trust the ministry of the gospel. You cannot afford not to learn the word and teach it well and sincerely to you. That's by the way. So in John 4, tells Jesus, with a woman, woman at the well, a first name, woman, surname at the well. She met Jesus and the discussion ensued. About water. Jesus mentioned living water in John 4.10. In John 4.13 again it says, Whoever drinks of this water shall thirst again. In John 4.14, Whoever drinks of the water I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. So, Jesus took our mind away in that discussion consistently from the physical to the non-physical. Here is living water. He says it's a being you a well. So, he took our attention away from wells and things to in you a well springing up unto everlasting life. Then a discussion ensued about worship. Worship means to come before, is the Greek word prosqueno, P-R-O-S. K-U-N-E-O. It means to come before to see. To come before to bow before. To come before to see. It has to do with veneration. When you see someone and you are in awe, for example, of one. Now that's a, a language understood by the Jews well. Because everything they did in the temple and with the temple was called prosqueno. It was to come to God. They'll come to God. They'll come before God. They'll come to see God. Hear from Him. They'll come to offer to God. So Jesus changes the nomenclature. In John 4. Are you there? Are you there? In verse 40 the woman said. Our fathers worship in this mountain. And you say that in Jerusalem is a place. Where men ought to worship. Jesus said to her. Believe me. The hour cometh. Verse 21. When you shall neither in this mountain. Nor yet at Jerusalem. Worship the father. Notice she's talking God. Jesus is talking about the father. Now that's strange. Because. By changing the title from God, alright, Theos, to Father, he makes it relational. Because God is God, he creates, is awesome. By using the word Father, that brings in a relationship. That's something strange to our ear. He's not saying, worship God. You say, worship God. You see a being you may not know, you may not have any relationship with him to worship and serve him. But it says, worship the Father. In other words, the worship of God is based on relationship as sons. That changes the nomenclature. Look at how your children, you know, if you have children, uh, if you look at how your children will relate with you. That's a big difference. That's not official. Children will live with their parents officially. And you don't relate to your own parents officially. So, notice this. He says, you worship the Father. You know not what you worship. Verse 22. We know what we worship. For salvation is of the Jews. I've explained that to you. Salvation came out of the Jews. The Savior came out of the Jews. Then he says, verse 23. But the hour cometh, and now is, when the true worshippers shall worship who? The Father. In the spirit and in truth. The father seeketh such to worship him. God is spirit. And they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. He puts a total disclaimer on the temple. 
That is a, an absolute disclaimer on the temple. He says, you worship the Father. You must see him as who? A father. So the true worship of God is to see him as who? A father. Which never happened in the temple. Never did. It says God is spirit. You worship him in the spirit and in reality. So if you come or if you see God other than a father, that's not true worship. For it to be true worship, it must be relational. And when I say relational, I mean family relational. You cannot worship God except you are his son. That's what he's saying. You can't worship God except you are his son. And that takes away the bondage again to fear. Are you following what I'm saying here? That takes away demands and obligations. Because the worship you give to the father will be based on what he is to you. You are not demanding anything. You are not going to become something upon doing that. It's not fair. So Jesus puts a total disclaimer on the Old Testament practices. You worship the Father. The woman was a wonder. Father? Exactly. She's not in Jerusalem. So it takes that away from their mind. The Father becomes the example that we see. He becomes the example. That we see. We forgive because he has forgiven us. Matthew 6, 12 and 14. Remember that? You forgive us our trespasses that we may forgive those who trespass against us. Can you remember that? We've done that study here before. Can you remember that? For if you forgive not those who trespass against us, as your heavenly father forgives you your trespasses, not so that your heavenly father, you are not his own father now. How can you do something for him to do it? He's the one that does something, then you copy the example. Are you still there? So, in our worship of God, we worship the Father. We worship the Father. Worshiping God as the Father is fundamental to Christianity. Same thing, Mark eleven twenty five. I explained that to you before. Forgiveness is what we see the Father do. Forgiveness is what we see the Father do. In Luke 23 verse 34. About, just at the time they were about to crucify Jesus and they were hurting him and all that. I like to say like they were, as they were killing him. <laughs> he said, Father, forgive them. For they know not what they do. The Father wasn't forgiving people because they asked. Every time Jesus forgave or spoke about forgiveness in the, in the four Gospels, nobody asked for it. In John 5, in fact in Luke 4, 18, it says to preach deliverance to the captive. The word deliverance is the word aphesis. To preach forgiveness of sins. So forgiveness of sins was a message. It was not a reward. It was a message. Luke 4, 18. It's, it's lack of understanding of the word deliverance that's making people think deliverance means to be, to be telling people to, to turn around, turn around. 
and they twist their hair. Say, ukubus, ukubus. No. I told you in the first service, the English language is barely 800 years old. Barely 800 years old. So, oftentimes, why we quote the Greek translation is because until the English language, the Greek translation was the authentic translation of the scripture. The New Testament. Paul didn't speak English. And whenever you translate into a language, many times, it depends on the accommodation that the vocabulary has. So the word deliverance, for example, which we use for demons almost all the time, had nothing to do with demons. It means to discharge an obligation. To discharge a debt. So that's why deliver, you know, discharge. So what was being delivered was sins. You get it? Do you understand? Aphesis. So, but it's an old word, and because of lack of work, then the King James, which is 1611, that's almost how many years now? Almost uh, about 800 years or so, 700 years or so, or 600 years. You know, 1611 was early development of the English language. So it didn't have as much, you know, words as we have today. So Jesus was preaching deliverance. He was preaching forgiveness of sins. Luke 5. Are you learning something here? Are you learning something here, please? Luke 5, 20. Look at this. Man, your sins are forgiven thee. The man didn't ask him. Luke 5, 20. Your sins are forgiven you. Luke 7. Verse 48. Thy sins are forgiven. Every time you read this, it wasn't a prayer point. It wasn't someone, was not anything someone asked him. He offered it all the time. It was always available because that is who Jesus was. He is a father manifest. Look at Luke 6 38. Give! Alright? Are you there? Give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, press down and shake it together and run over shall men. Give unto your bosom, for with the same measure that you meet, it shall be measured to you again. I thought this on, in a class on Tuesday or Monday. And so I was practically in tears. This is an offering, offering text. Offering scripture. Give and it will come back to you. Good measure, press down. Okay, let's look at it together. Shall men, right, give unto where? Okay, let's start from 27. Slowly. So, you give, then it comes back to you. Is that right? Is that correct? Is that correct? So, let's see it now. 27. I say unto you, which here, love your enemies. Are you there? Do good to them that hate you. Is that... Um, like for like or contrast? Huh? Come on, tell me. Is that like for like or contrast? Opposites. Very good. Look at 29. 20. Bless them that curse you. Like for like or contrast? Huh? Okay. Pray for them that despitefully use you. Like for like or contrast? Very good. 29. Unto him that smite thee on the cheek. Make sure you do this one wisely. Offer the other. And him that takes away the cloak. Forbid him not. Like for like or contrast? 
Very good. Verse 30, 30. Give to every man that asks of thee, and of him that takes away thy goods, ask them not again. As you would that men should do to you, so should you do to them likewise. If you love them or love you, what difference do you have? For sinners also love those who love them. That's like for like. Come and talk to me. Or I follow this now. And if you do good to them, we do good to you. What thank have you? For sinners also do the same. If you lend to them, they hope to receive. And what thank have you? For sinners also lend to sinners to receive as much. So, it presents two pictures. Like for like, men, right? Come on. Opposites from God. You love those who hate you. You love those who love you, that's men. You love those who hate you, that's God. Come on. Are we together here? Very good. Verse 35. And you love your enemies, do good, lend, hoping for nothing again. Opposites again? These opposites? And your reward shall be great, and you shall be the children of the highest, for he is kind unto who? Huh? Like for like? No. Opposite? Right? Okay. And to the evil. Verse 36. Be ye therefore merciful as your heavenly father is merciful. Judge not and you shall not be God. Is that God or man? Ah. Is that God or man? Condemn not and you shall not be condemned. Is that God or man? Forgive and you shall be forgiven. Is that God or man? Give. It shall be given unto you. God or man? Good measure, press down, shake it together, and run it over, shall. For with the same measure that you meet, it shall be measured to you again by who? So Luke 6, 38 is about who? Men. Sinners, precisely. It says, that's not the character of God. The character of God is to give to those that didn't even ask him. To bless them that curse. Hallelujah. You learning something? Are you learning something here? So imagine if you carry that in your head about God, you are ignorantly worshipping Him. Ignorantly. So when I was uh, when I was an undergraduate, I committed many abortions. Not me. No, I'm just telling you. Not that I just say it's not me. And then now I'm trying to have children. I'm thinking. There's one that came to me for prayer years ago. I'm thinking. Could it be? I kept quiet. She looked at me. Pastor, you have not said anything. So I'm only ashamed. That everything you have been doing, you said this. How do you, how, how? How? I'm just expressing the way I feel. No, stop expressing the way you feel. The way you feel is horrible. You doubt who God is. I'm not asking you to go and do another one. But hear me. God cannot block your womb. Did you hear me? He doesn't have the power to do it. Not that he doesn't want to do it. 
He doesn't have the power to do it. See the thinking. Whereas an unbeliever who has no such thing in his head who has children. You, you have heard stupid sermons. Very stupid sermons. Now you know that one is different. That one has blood inside. That when somebody has blood, it takes more than blood. Your blood and blood cannot meet each other. Are you following what I'm saying? How would you think like that? How? How would you imagine that God is getting back at you? How? He's not a man. Hallelujah. He's not men, pardon me, who reason that way. No. Praise the Lord. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You can ignorantly worship. Because the idea you have in your head, many are just superstitious. Superstitious. Very, very superstitious. They cry when they are married. They tell their children like Job. Be careful. Your child does something wrong. Correct him. Don't say, you know God hates sinners. He hates sin. See, I'm training my children in the fear of God. In the fear of God. God will judge you. In the fear of God. Don't you know God? You are new down there and carry your Bible on your head. Sing after me. I will never fail for my mommy's spot. I don't know the song. No, 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 no. Which business army are you building? And you will go out in your office and scope. You will collect medical leave. I asked my mother one time. I said, whenever we are doing morning devotion, my father will always say, we are sinners, we always do wrong, we eat sin like food, we drink it like water. Then why does he punish us? That means we are all doing the same thing. He said, you this boy. <laughs> That's not the fear of God though. You are raising your children not to know God. That's what you are doing. Not to know God. Here. Yeah. Colossians 2 18. Say, I know the Father. Beyond superstition. I know him in Christ. Colossians 2. Let no man, verse 18, beguile you <laughs> in your voluntary humility and worshiping of angels. See what Paul calls the law. Because he was talking about the law. He called it worshipping of angels. Because we know the law was given by who? Angels. Hebrews 2.2 For him the law was spoken by angels. Hebrews 2.2 Was steadfast that every transgression and disobedience received a just recompense of reward. How shall we escape? If we neglect so great salvation. The angels didn't speak salvation. They were only servants for those that the years of salvation. The words of salvation did not come out from their mouth. 
Hebrews 12, 18 says, you are, you are not come to the mount that might be taught. That might not be taught, pardon me. Where they will throw a dart to an animal and then, bah! the Muslim says, hey, what is this? They have not come to that. The angels, in their dread, have not come to that. Paul says, let nobody beguile you, deceive you in the worshipping of angels. This is still was there. Treskia, which is religion. The religion of angels. Or reverence of angels. That's what Treskia. Angelus Treskia. Because the law was not given by God. Is that very clear? Paul was very clear in his thoughts. <laughs> Paul said, Paul said, the law declared everybody guilty. Romans 3, 19 and 20. That all the world will become guilty. But before the law was given, God had already justified Abraham. Was Abraham without sin? No. God did not impute his sin. So Paul let you know the source of the law. Are you there? <laughs> he let, see Paul's argument in Romans is so compelling that you will be angry. I was sharing with some uh, Jewish priests on, in the Old Testament about justification. And I asked them, when Abraham wanted there to be righteous men in Sodom, do you think he's talking about morally upright men? They never saw it before. I said, it couldn't be. Because Abraham himself was justified by faith. He says, true. So if I'm justified by faith, and I'm called righteous by faith, if I'm talking about righteous men, what am I talking about? Those that believe the gospel. So I said, the issue in Sodom was to believe the gospel. The guy was so angry. He checked his Bible, it was there. I said, does, does David qualify to be your patriarch by morality? He said, no. He said, no. But, it's how God chose it. I said, exactly, that's how God chose it. It's by faith. The guy said, no. That your, your words are, they are just too strong. That you're just so strong. I said, I'm going to get stronger shortly. I wasn't quoting Paul. Hallelujah. Mere watching of angels. He said, No, I believe that the Torah, the Torah enforced God as the giver of the law. I said, Come, let's see it together. And we saw it. We saw the gospel. Say not in your heart, we shall attend to heaven. I showed them from Moses. He said, What did Moses say here? He said, I said, Before life and death. He said, What is life? He said, To believe. Yes. He said, What is death? The law. I'm not, I'm not a great preacher at all. <laughs> no, I preach the Bible. <laughs> I said, <laughs> Priest! One of them said, You have to go around our synagogues of Europe to preach this. Say, Yes, I'm ready. Christ is in the Old Testament. He is the message. He is not in the character of the messengers. That's why their character was different from their message. They knew their hope is found in him. So they were, they were misbehaving. Let me read that. <laughs> Hallelujah. 
Praise the Lord. Are you there? So, oh God, the worship of angels. Taste not, touch not, handle not. No, doesn't say that. Don't touch it. What he himself created. Don't touch it. No beef, no beef. Just fish, just fish. What's the beef for? Sacrifice for sin. What's the fish for? Hunger. No, that's the God. That's Angelus Tresquia. Worship of angels. And one important thing about Paul, what he says there, look at that verse 18. Intruding into those things which he has not seen, vainly puffed up by his fleshly mind. You begin to have imaginations of God. Things you have not seen, you imagine. God is angry. Second guessing things. Hallelujah. I worship the Father. I worship the Father. I worship the Father. If you can be changing what you call God, all your names for God are nicknames. It's just nicknames. Start calling him your father. Awful, more awful. Get used to that. Call him father. Is it too, is it too small? Is it father too? Is it boring? No. How can you just call God father? It's more than that. It's more than that. Yeah? You know why? Because you have a do- you have you, know, you have so many impressions about God. His father. Look at all the epistles. They were all consistent in identifying him as father. Very consistent. Praise the Lord. Are you there? So you must have the right impression about God. Look at Matthew 19. They asked the question, why did Moses then give a law? In Matthew 19. Jesus told them in verse 4, Have you not read that he which made them at the beginning made them male and female? For this cause shall a man leave father and mother and shall cling to his wife and he shall be torn in one flesh. Then they asked in verse 7, Why did Moses then command to give a original divorcement and to put her away? Look at verse 8. Moses, because of the hardness of your heart, suffered you to put away your wives, but from the beginning it was not so. So the law was a response to man. It wasn't God. Moses, because of the hardness of your heart, uses the word there, prostend, sclerocardian, that is looking at your heart. Prostend, P-R-O-S-T-N. Sclerocardian means the hardness of your heart. Cardia is heart. The hardness of your heart to the gospel. Prostend, sclerocardian. That when I saw your heart, I saw how you rebelled against the good news about God in Christ, then I gave you the law. Because of the hardness of your heart towards the gospel. It's suffered. That's what he said. That's it. It suffered you to put away the law. To put away your wives. He looked at your heart. Because the gospel was preached unto us as well as unto them. But for 40 years, the Bible says, they did not enter in because of unbelief. Unbelief. Unbelief towards what? God fed them. He gave them, he gave them resources. He healed their bodies. He preserved their lives. And yet they did not enter into his rest. 
So the rest is not physical things. The rest is found in Christ. Without works. Hallelujah. Salvation through faith. The hardness of your heart. So the law was a consequence of unbelief. A protocol of unbelief. And sin consciousness. The law was given by angels. Acts 7. Verse 53. Under the hand of a mediator. Acts 7. God chose. God asked them to relate with him directly. Men chose Moses and said, we want Moses. Don't talk to us. We want Moses. We want Moses. So who appointed Moses mediator? Men did. Not God. He said, my will is that you be a kingdom of priests and kings. Hallelujah. Priests and kings. He said, no. Give us Moses. Let him be the one talking to us. And men have been like that. Man of God, what is God saying to us? Are you, a, are you an house boy in the family? Man of God, what do you think God is sensing towards me? Come. Come. I won't beat you. Come. <laughs> you know, we are used to that kind of practice. Going to your pastor. Pastor, I have this sister in the church. In the music team. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. I've been seeing her, just thinking. Actually, there's another one in the ocean. That one's my right I'm coming to church. I'm not thinking. See, that's the rule of the pastor. He tell you, the Lord is saying, marry my daughter. What would you now say if I say marry my daughter? No, that's not literal. Don't take it literally. <laughs> you say, no. No, that, that's, that's really wrong. Who gave you that impression? I'm sure when you were younger, you were taking it to prophets, both on the other side. Maybe an African, they're different prophets. I can see your star was supposed to shine. It was a dark cloud. But no problem. You can resolve it. What do you do? Seven days dry fast for an eight-year-old boy. See the impression he had about God from eight years old. God has star, but there's darkness around the star. So God wants me not to eat. Who now takes the food? God. Why does he need my fasting? I don't know. I won't eat. For days. Then when he says I'm broken, then he will remove the darkness and restore the star. And you keep doing that all the days of your life. Or you know you keep doing it continually year in, year out. <laughs> you can never take away. You keep doing, you will follow that pattern for the rest of your life. There will always be something that hindering your star. Which your yes star? Which wise men are looking for you? I said, show me the way again. Ask them. Look at verse 53. Who have received the law by the disposition of who? Angels. And have not kept it. By the disposition of angels. Galatians 3. Many of these things were taught in the law and the prophets. Like I said, this is the 
I'm doing a pre, prelude to Law and the Prophet series 2b next week. Galatians 3. Are you in church? Verse 19. Wherefore then suffered the law, it was added because of transgressions. Till the seed should come to whom the promise was made. It was ordained by the hand of who? Huh? Ordained by angels in the hand of who? It's so clear. So following the law and the ceremonies is the worshipping of what? God is seen in the Son. Is that very clear? He's seen in Christ. Christ doesn't demand offering. He was the offering. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. We must get rid of superstition. Hebrews chapter 1. Verse 1. God was sundry times and in diverse manners spoke in time past to the palace by the prophet. As in these last days spoken unto us in his son. Whom he had appointed heir of all things by whom also he made the worlds. Who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person. And upholding all things by the word of his power. When he had by himself purged our sins. Sat on the right hand of the majesty. He calls him the son. He calls him the express image of his person. What else do you want? What else do you want? He calls him the express image of his person. Look at Colossians 1. 15. So don't group Jesus with the prophets. Is that very clear? Is that very clear? Jesus is God explained by God. God explained by who? Colossians 1.15 Who is the image of the invisible God? The firstborn of every creature. Now, by using the word image and invisible, they are opposites. They up till now. God was invisible. It's the word arostos. A-O-R-A-T-O-S. Arotos, sorry. A-O-R-A-T-O-S. It means one you cannot see. In Romans 1.20, you see it there. Colossians 1.16, invisible thrones. Paul, use it for Jesus, for God. First Timothy 1.17, invisible. Invisible. Immortal, invisible, the only wise God, be honored, glory forever. But he called Jesus the icon. E-I-K-O-N, the image. Image means a prince. That is, if something is invisible, it can't have an image. Hallelujah. But thanks be unto God. We have the image of God. Something we can rea- relate with. Someone we can relate with. So he's not invisible. God is now visible in who? In Christ. He's now visible. He's the image of that invisible God. So we can readily call God a visible God. Hallelujah. He's visible. In the person of Jesus. He that has seen me has seen the Father. He is. In John 1.29, John calls him, Behold, the Lamb of God, not the Lamb for God, is the Lamb of God. Not for God, of God. Takes away the sin of the whole world. That's why in Revelation 5, 
when one of the 25, 24 elders called him Lion of the tribe of Judah. Funny enough, today we still call him that name. Lion of the tribe of Judah. Are you a Jew? If you're the tribe of Judah, which tribe are you? That's trouble. Of course, what would you expect a Jew to say? He'll call him a lion of the tribe of Judah. But he's not a lion. The word lion is not a positive word. It's a negative word for something fearsome that destroys, that opposes. The lion, the word lion is not... Look at Revelation 5.5. 5. The lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David. You should know that the person who said this is a Jew to the core. See the thing, land of the tribe of Judah, the root of David. That's Oriki. The word lion isn't a positive word. You find that word used. Second Timothy four seventeen. God delivered me from the mouth of a lion. Hebrews eleven thirty three. They stopped the mouth of lions. First Peter 5, 8, like a roaring lion, thinking who may devour. Nothing positive. In the same book of Revelation, it's not positive. Revelation 4, 7, Revelation 9, 8, Revelation 9, 17. 4, 7, 9, 8, 9, 17. Revelation 10, 13, I think. Check that one. 10, 3, sorry. Lion. And 13, 2. It's always for the enemy. Of a sub one fearsome beast. But look at what happened. I said, The land of time of Judah that prevailed, and behold, I saw Lord in the midst, four beasts in the midst of the, the there stood what? A lamb. The exact opposite. Verse 6. As it had been slain, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God, sent forth to all the earth. Then in verse 8, and when they had taken the book, the four beasts and twenty-four elders fell down before the lamb. Having every one of them hops, golden bells full of order, which are the prayers of the saints. So that statement, Lord of Trial of Judah, was said in ignorance. Are you following this? Are you following this? He is a lamb that was slain. The word lamb was used consistently in the book of Revelation. Consistently. 29 times. Lion was used in ignorance once. So if you are one of those, that means the, the 24 elder, one of the 24 elder was ignorantly worshipping God. Ah. Are you following what I'm saying here? A vision doesn't mean you are spiritual. Peter in the vision was saying nonsense. Ananias was saying his own too. So it's not a big deal. A vision is not a doctrinal thing. You know, people will say what they believe in their vision. That's why you're always saying G, 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 G. You know, that's, that says a lot about you. And somebody is pursuing you, are pursuing you. Revelation 12, 11, they overcame him by the blood of the lamb. Praise God. Are you there? So God's character is not of a lion, it's of a lamb. That's why Revelation 6, 16 calls it the wrath of the lamb. How can a lamb have wrath? That's a figure of speech. The wrath of the lamb is his death. The sacrifice of the lamb. The lamb that was slain. So he is not a lion. What is he? You might not like that. That God, the mighty God. What was the character that he showed us about him? A lamb. 
Let me ask again. Is Jesus God? Explaining God? How did he explain God's character as a lamb? So, so the lion and the lamb. No. I can not be a lion and the lamb. You know what that means? The lion and the lamb. He's a lion. If I see the lamb part of God, you are about to see the lion part. You are ignorantly worshiping God. Hallelujah. Paul says, the weakness of God is seen as foolishness by men. How can you call someone God and the next thing that he dies? Say something else. And that is his character. The Lamb of God is God himself the Lamb. Amen. So do not ignorantly worship God. All religions boast in a God who is fearsome and does all things not Christianity. Christianity is God who loves, who is not behind every evil. His light in him is no darkness. Amen. He died and rose again for our justification. Amen. In 1 Timothy 3.16, he says, Great is the mystery of godliness. What is who say be God was made manifest in the flesh as a man. That means a mystery. Why you say manifest and mystery in word and opposite? So what was the mystery of God now became clear to us. How God became flesh. Justified in the spirit. Not in, not in the sweet realm. In our spirits. Seen of angels. So for the very first time in the incarnation, the resurrection of Jesus, angels finally saw the God that they were serving. If man didn't know God, angels couldn't have. Are you following what we're saying here? You had presumptuous prophets. There was a man, Elijah. Elijah in 1 Kings 19. Can read from verse 10 and 11. Elijah was trying to hear God. He said, he heard the earthquakes. He ran there. And God wasn't there. So, and those were the last days of his ministry. That's a presumptuous telling. He had a storm. He went there. And God was not there. He saw the fire. He ran there. God wasn't there. It was a still small voice, which was not anywhere, it was just where he was. How can you now rely on such a fellow? Second guessing God. That's why he has no quote. Say, he prayed. I was James that quoted him. Paul quoted him in Romans 11 3. Say, he interceded against Israel. And hear the answer of God. Say, I'm the only one. Say, Can you see this presumption? You are the only one. You are not the only one. Even in this your village, you are not the only one. Say, Can you imagine? You are now quoting that person. Almost everything is said in First Kings 19. You are just missing the mark. Amatia. <laughs> Christ explains God. He said, I am the light of the world. Hallelujah. Are you following this? So imagine. God was seen. That's why Jesus said, which one of you has seen God? Everybody just quiet. Tell me, which one of you at any time? You are only second guessing. Then you are searching the scripture. 
But then you think they are alive. They are being testified of This is the person they are testifying of. Can man see God? Ah, ah. Man has done that already. Can sinners see God? Ah, ah. Those who saw God in the four gospels. Is not God himself. No, it's his brother. Stop living superstitiously. Okay? God. What do you see God? Good guys. I see the Lord. White hair. White mustache. Fairy eyes. Imagination pops up in things he has not seen. Christ reveals God. He is the image of the invisible God. Are you there? So, go back to Hebrews 10. Did God ask for offering for sin? No. He was going to provide the offering for sin. Hebrews 10, were there earlier? Verse 9 again. They said, I lo, I come to do thy will, O God. He takes away the first that he may establish the second. The word take away is the word anero. A-N-A-E-R-I-O. A-N-A-E-R-I-O. It means to kill. A-N-A-I-R-E-O. Sorry, that was a mistake. A-N-A-I-R-E-O. It means to end it, to kill it. If God came to do anything at all in Christ, it's to kill the law of sin consciousness. The law of judgment. Hebrews 4.29 says our God is a consuming fire. People have not asked, what was he consuming? The word katalanisko in the Greek. It means to make it non-existent. To take it out of existence. What was he referring to? Hebrews 12. Hebrews 12.18 told us about the mount of the Old Testament. Mount Sinai. In 22, it tells about Mount Zion. Then he says in 24, To Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood of sprinkling that speaks better things than that of Abel. See that you refuse not him that speaks for if they escape not, who refused him that spoke on the earth? That's the law. Much more shall we escape, not escape. He will turn away from him that speaks from heaven. That's the new covenant. 26. Whose voice then shook the earth? But now he has promised, saying, Yet once more I shake not the earth only, but also the heaven. And this word, yet once more, signifies the removing of those things that are shaken. That's the law. And of the things that are made, that those things which cannot be shaken may remain. That's the new covenant. Are you following this? Wherefore, we receive in a kingdom that cannot be moved. Let us have grace whereby we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. For our God is a consuming fire. That is, it consumed the old covenant. The law and the requirements. It takes away the first. That he might establish the second. Are you there? So God is found where? In Christ. Stop acting like Job. And hearing of God in blogs, in people's testimony, somebody say he went to hell and heaven. That's what is still in your mind. What your grandfather told you, what one great man of God said, because he has crowds and miracles. That's what you have in your mind. See God where? In Christ. Say, I have faith in Christ. Look at Acts 17. Which is really my text. <laughs> Acts 17. Here is Paul. Is here in Athens. 
Then he stood in the midst of Mars Hill and said, You men of Athens, I perceive in all things you are too superstitious. The word superstitious is a compound word here. I'll spell it for you. D-I-E-S-I-D-A-I-M-O-N-E-S-T-O-S. I'll say it again. T-R-O-S, sorry. D-I-E-S-I-D-A-I-M-O-N-E-S-T-R-O-S. It means to be in dread of an unseen being. Someone you cannot see, but you are afraid of. To be in awe. And you see, that is the worship many people have about God. The God you cannot see, but you are seeing is Andy Walk. He's giving you slap. You are seeing what he's doing. How do you know he's the one doing it? He says you are too superstitious. You are in dread of an unseen being. You are just in awe. Someone you can't see. Follow this. In verse 23, For I passed by and beheld what? Your morning devotion. The word devotion is the word Sebasma. S-E-B-A-S-M-A. It's from the root word Sebazoma. S-E-B-A-Z-O-M-A-I. It means awe. I can see your, the way you are afraid. Can you imagine? What is the way you are afraid? May the Lord accept all we have asked today in Jesus' name. Brethren, as we go this week, Let's remember there's a God that we cannot see but He sees. Paul saw their devotions. I found an altar, he says, with this inscription to the unknown agnostos in the Greek. Unknown agnostos. Which, whom therefore you ignorantly worship. You don't know. So because someone is afraid of God, does not mean he's worshiping right. In fact, the person who worships God rightly will be the person who is not afraid at all. You say, ah, you don't know God. That fellow is deep in ignorance. Ah! Then they are quiet. Let's be quiet. 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 God is here. Say, God is here. Everybody go. In awe of someone you have not seen. An unseen being. You are only being superstitious. Giving answers to questions you don't know. Look at how he says it. God made the world. And all things therein. Seen is the Lord of heaven and earth. See what he did to the Old Testament. It dwells not in temples made with hands. Shay. <laughs> Do you know how many hundreds of years they are going there quietly? 
He says, you are all ignorant. Watch this. Verse 25. Neither is worship with men's hands. <laughs> it is not worship what men do. As though he needs anything. So a seed. Can you see? He finished it. Seed he gives to all. Hallelujah. Life and breath and all things. He is a giver, not a taker. That's what Paul is saying. What God have you been worshipping? What God are you? The one that is asking you. Asking you. To connect to uncommon prosperity. Only the uncommon will attract the uncommon. Should I bring it out? <laughs> the uncommon. If you want a car, you sow a car. Seed, time, and shall not sow. Wait, oh. what about winter? You just ignore that one. The guy now, when the fellow now saw that people were not getting the seed back, he said, Don't you know what he says? Seed. Time. You know, you become more skillful in those things. Seed. Time. A guy said, God is so particular about tithes. As Adam ate his tithes, man fell. I thought I heard the worst. Sarah said, Even animals pay tithes. That the lion could not touch. Daniel, because he was their type to God. A prominent prophet in Ghana, on television all over the place, I have thousands listening to him. I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. But their end is here. Their end is here. All over Africa, light is shining. Animism being preached as Christianity is coming to an end. Traditional worship being passed across as Christianity is coming to an end. Christ is glorified all over Africa in the name of Jesus. Can you imagine? He said he doesn't require anything. He doesn't ask you for anything. Hey, see how he finished the law. He can't be worshipped with men's hands. That's why Jesus says you worship the Father. By using the word Father is the word Abba or the word Patah. That is somebody who is responsible for you. I mean, that shows that you are not giving him anything. The worship of the Father already shows you are not giving Him anything. Just call Him Father. Have you believed in God in Christ or you are following superstition? He doesn't need anything. Follow this. He had made, in verse 26, of one blood all nations of men for to dwell on the face of the earth and had defined the times before appointed and the bond of the habitation. That, verse 27, very key verse, that they should seek the Lord. If happily, they might feel after him and find him, though he be not far from every one of us. Who was building a temple for him for crying out loud? He's not far. And Paul uses a, a, a mix of words in here. What he uses the word to feel after him is the word selfo. P-S-E-L-A-P-H-A-O. 
It means someone you can touch. That is, God made himself touchable. What? Exactly. So that you may feel after him. And find him. Though he be not far. The word makran. From the word makros. That is, there is no distance. He is with every unbeliever. Ah. Imagine the God that was given to me when I was a child is a God so far away. Paul said it's not true. That's superstition. <laughs> Are you getting this? This is my sermon, though. <laughs> That's superstition. Far away. So he now needs some people, our pastors and prophets when they were young. They are not the ones there on earth, but they are close to him. And oftentimes, you have junior prophet, senior junior prophet, senior, so they have levels of being close. At the end of the day, you now have the closest you say, well, I'm not sure. He's not far from every one of us. There's no distance. We should preach God who is so near to people, he wants to dwell in their hearts. He doesn't want to be seen dwelling in any building. He wants to be seen seeking to dwell in men's hearts. This is why Jesus came. Are you following what I'm saying this afternoon? Not far from every one of us. He's not far from the Muslim. He's not far from the atheist. He's not far from anyone. He's not one God in the heavens that cannot be taught on earth. Superstition. We have believed these things even from a child. When him we live and move and have been 28, as I know, prophets have said, for we are his offspring. He's quoting what they have said amongst themselves. For that we are the offspring of God, we ought not to think that the Godhead or divinity is like unto gold or silver or stone, graven heart, or what do you say here? Man's device. Hmm. Man's what? Device. Let's get back to that 2027. 20, 2025. 20, Seeing he gives to all men life. Say, as though he needs not anything. The word he used there is the word prosdeomai. P-R-O-D-E-O-M-A-I. P-R-O-S. Sorry. D-E-O-M-A-I. Just Russian. He says, that's the exact opposite of giving. He says, he has not asked anything. I want something to be given to me. He is the one giving. Any teaching that presents God as the one asking, not the one giving, does not represent God. It's superstitious teaching. I know for many of us who were brought up, our minds are even struggling right now. They're struggling because superstition can be strong. Very, very strong. You see the bondage people have been put into rather than allowing them to use their ideas and, you know, do things well in the natural, have ideas, prosper their businesses. You are telling them that God wants them to do something. What a shame. And those who are atheists who don't have a single idea about the grace of Christ, neither about the rubbish we are preaching. Use everything that God has given them without even knowing Him. 
Which of them can explain the breath in his nostrils? Which of the billionaires that don't believe in God can explain the breath in their nostrils? None. But he gave to all. He didn't ask of any. You find people come to church. And the reason why they are coming to church is so that they will give back to God. Whereas he has not asked anything. The essence of coming to church is to fellowship around the riches of his grace. And to walk in it. It's not that God is asking something of you. Let me tell you, I follow what I'm saying here. It is superstition. 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 Are you still there? Do you know your brain is a blessing from God? Do you know, do you know your mind is a blessing from God? Use it. Use it. It gives unto all. He has not asked. Are you following this? In him we live, in him we move. And have our being. Watch what our Paul puts it here. He says it's not silver, gold, stone, or graven heart, or man's what? Device. Not in man's imagination. You can't imagine God. You can only know him. We have formed a God in our imagination. And many times, it's actually the devil that is in our minds. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Watch this. Times of this ignorance. Verse 30. God winked at. Now, if you were in the first service, it's going to make sense to you. The time of which ignorance now? Fearfully and dreadfully worshipping God unknowingly. Are you following this? It's not the time of committing sin. That's not what he's saying, no. So people have twisted this verse. The time of ignorance. Ignorance of who? That he does not ask for anything. That he wants to be known. He's close to us. He wants to be known. He's not God doing kata. You can't know me. If you know me, you will die. For people who said they went to heaven and saw Jesus. Saw Jesus. I went to look at God and I said, Ah! Say, don't look at ah, God! You are living in superstition. See, see what Paul said. Now look at verse 30. The times of this ignorance, God winked at. Look at this now. Hallelujah. But now, commands all men everywhere to change their minds. About who? God. Tell me about that in the first service. Repentance. To change their minds. Why? Because he had appointed the day in which he would judge the world in righteousness. By that man, hallelujah, <laughs> whom he had ordained, he had given assurance, the word peace is faith, to all that he raised him from the dead. So Christ in us is faith in God. Are you following this? So that repentance is faith in who? Christ. Can you imagine? God wants to assure us about himself. How did he come? He now came as what? A man. Can God be seen? Talk to me church. Jesus is his image. 
The face of God is Christ Jesus. His smile is Christ's smile. <laughs> His laughter is Christ's laughter. His rejoicing is Christ's rejoicing. His forgiveness is Christ's forgiveness. His weakness is Christ's weakness. His gentleness is Christ's gentleness. Our God is in a man. He can be seen. He can be understood. He has given us assurance through that man. It's not sufficient to hear about God. It's time to know him. I'm closing now. To know him. Locate him in Christ. Superstition has created a God in our minds. It's time for revelation knowledge of Christ. To give us the true picture of God. So I Paul will pray that the eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know what is the hope of his calling. And what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power towards what who believe. According to the working of his mighty power which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead. And set him as the right hand in heavenly places, far above all principles, power, might, and dominion, every name that is named, not only in this age, but that which is to come. He had put all things under his feet, and given the devil all things to the church, his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. You who were dead in trespasses as he quickened, who walked according to the cause of this world, according to the principle of power of the air, the spirit that now walks in the children of disobedience. Among whom we all had a conversation time past in the flesh, then the person of man, and we are nature, children of wrath, even the godless, but God. Who is rich in mercy. With the great love which he has loved us. What he did do. He quickened us together with Christ. By grace are you saved. He raised us up. Together. And made us sit together. Christ in the heavenly place. By grace are you saved through faith. It's the gift of God. Not of your own selves. Not of works does any man boast. I am the workmanship of God created in Christ Jesus with good works. I call him Father. I see him in Christ. I don't follow superstitious beliefs. I don't hear from here, here and there. I hear Jesus alone. Matthew's Gospel 17.5 You had the vision of Elijah. You had the vision of Moses. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Hear him. The word is echo. He heed to him. Heed to him. Heed to him. Not just hear what he has to say. Follow him. I am the light of the world. A woman came to Jesus. She was about to be stoned. Moses in his law said to stone her. That's Angelus Tresky. He said, Master, Moses told us to stone this woman. And here's Jesus. He's writing. He who had no sin, let him cast the first stone. And after people say this, I've said it to myself, that the one who should condemn has not condemned. Don't say that again. He doesn't have the capacity to do this. He said, He who has no stone, cast the first stone. He who has no sin, cast the first stone. He who has no stone, cast the first stone. He who has no sin cast the first stone. One by one, from a geo, superior apostle, they dropped their stone. And left. 
He said, Woman, where are your devils? That's what accuses. Said they have all gone. Does anyone condemn you? He said, No. The law makes hypocrites of men. That's why Peter will say, Why you tempt God and put on the neck of the disciples a yoke that neither our brothers? You know, when you are when you are when you are one of them, you can tell the truth. We know ourselves. Neither our brothers, nor we. As he said that, he said, No problem. We are brothers and so say what you want to say. Don't go into details. Law makes hypocrites. Neither we were able to bear. Jesus said, Neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. People assume he said, Go and don't commit sin again. That doesn't make sense. Go and sin no more. What did he say after that? I am the light of the world. Hallelujah. Not the law. I am the light of the world. He that follows me will not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. So the sin no more means follow me. Just follow me. You were not with me. That's why they could want to stone you. Come and follow me. Hallelujah. I am the light of the world. Jesus is the light of the world. It's time to worship the Father in Christ. Hallelujah. Worship the Father in Christ. Free your mind on a Sunday morning from condemnation and guilt. Or on Monday morning. Hallelujah. Enjoy this earth. What is in it? There's nothing standing against you. Hallelujah. Paul says if you go to somewhere and he says this pool is over to idols. So you better say if they don't tell you, you know it all. But they don't tell you. Say it asking no questions. But the moment wants funny believer. Interesting, good believer, but you know what I say funny? Say, ah bro, that is about to idol. Just say, ah. For his sake. So though you know that the earth is the Lord and the fullness thereof, that there's nothing that belongs to any devil. Tell my boy for his sake. So that you will not wound his conscience or wound joy his conscience. God doesn't take. He gives. How about thinking through like this throughout this week? God doesn't take. God gives. Hallelujah. God doesn't demand. He helps. He's not far away. He's close. Even to the unbeliever. Of course, he's now in us. He's not close to us. He's in us now. But to that guy who is desperately an atheist, you know what God, God is following him after? Pleading. Pleading. That's why he sent us to preach. 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 To announce that he has nothing against you unbeliever say that you have not believed in the good news about me nothing against you I'm telling you the gospel will break the backbone of religion all over Africa in the name of Jesus God will be known only in Christ not through any great man of God or any ceremonies or rituals or practices. The death of Jesus will be revealed to all nations. His life will be seen and God will be receiving Christ. Hallelujah. Very blessed this afternoon. Oh, you'll be